This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. One of the challenges for an effective nonprofit leader right now is getting the right information so you can make solid financial decisions to help your organization thrive. To do this, you need the best accounting and donation software. Researching, learning, and maintaining software can get really costly. So let me save you some time and money. Applos just might be the solution you're looking for. Go to nonprofit.applos.com to see how it works and get your 15-day free trial. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Leadership is the primary focus of this show, as you know. And one of my goals with this podcast is to introduce you to great leaders who are really making a difference in their world. And today's guest is no different. Dan Berger is the president and CEO of the National Association of Federally Insured Credit Unions, or NAFQ. Now, you may be thinking, a credit union, are they a nonprofit? And they actually are. In fact, we'll talk about it more in the show. So hold on for that. Now, he's been in this role since 2013. He's also an author, an economist, and is credited with bringing national attention to key policy issues while ensuring NAFQ's members meet policymakers at the highest level of government. He has a lot to say about leadership, and specifically servant leadership. I think you're going to really enjoy today's show. Well, Dan, it's great to have you on the show today. I wanted to start today by talking about servant leadership. This podcast is dedicated to leadership, and I understand that there was a recent interview with you in Forbes magazine that described your leadership style as servant leadership. Talk about what defines servant leadership in your opinion, and how have you demonstrated servant leadership in your role at the National Association of Federally Insured Credit Unions? Terrific question, and it's something that we focus on here from our standpoint, servant leadership is focusing on culture and focusing on your colleagues within uh, your company or your enterprise or your association. And for us, servant leadership is taking care of staff. In fact, when you walk into our headquarters, our lobby on the wall is a big, giant sign, and it says, staff is our most valuable asset. And so if you take care of staff, in turn, they take care of our members. So servant leadership is, I work for the staff, and that's how we see it. And my executive team does a great job, and we focus heavily on culture. And in fact, throughout this whole COVID process, the executive team meets every single morning uh, for a conference call for a, what we use Microsoft Teams internally. So we do a video conference call every single morning to talk about staff, to talk about uh, processes and how we can make things better for staff, and in turn, make sure that we're responsive to our members. Do you believe the servant leadership is the best kind of leadership for the nonprofit sector specifically? If so, why or why not? I think servant leadership is better uh, for any organization, whether it's for-profit, uh, not-for-profit, non-profit, uh, because, if you, again, if you take care of your staff, if you take care of your employees, they will take care of your customers. And in our, in our situation, they take care of our, our members. It, it works. It, and and I, I find building consensus uh, through servant leadership is always better uh, to address a problem or a situation or an issue than throwing a hammer at it. 
You serve, obviously, as a nonprofit leader in your role. We're going to get to the fact that NAFQ is a nonprofit. I think for a lot of my listeners, they're all going to be surprised to hear that a credit union actually is a nonprofit, but it is, and we'll talk about it in a bit. But uh, as a nonprofit leader in your role, what are the biggest leadership challenges that you're facing uh, pers- personally, and then just in general, the nonprofit sector overall? What are those biggest leadership challenges that are facing us all as nonprofit leaders, and how has COVID perhaps changed or added to those leadership challenges? Well, probably the biggest situation is we worked uh, very – when I became CEO, I guess, seven years ago, uh, my colleagues and I, the management team, and especially the senior managers, the senior executives, we worked extremely hard on culture, really doing things differently, taking care of staff. And the, the trouble with uh, that is communication. You can never over-communicate. And we communicate, we communicate, and we communicate. But it's still a problem. No matter how much you think you're communicating, you have to communicate more because someone may have heard whatever you, message you're trying to convey, they may have heard that message just for the first time. And it's one of those things for us. Uh, as much as I think, and we have, I struggled with this personally or early in my career, and, and it's just you can't over-communicate, but you can under-communicate. And I think that's really became uh, a problem uh, for our organization, and we've overcome it. We're, not, we're far from perfect, but we've made great strides. And so we communicate, conference calls, Microsoft Teams, Zoom. Uh, we do it by division. We do a monthly all-staff meeting. We do a monthly management team meeting. We do a daily executive team meeting. And you just, you got to communicate, communicate, communicate. And during the COVID, we worked so hard in culture. I, as, as a manager, and I think most of my management team, if not all, we, we manage by walking around. Uh, we celebrate little victories, you know, high fives and fist bumps. And in this pandemic situation we're in, this environment we're in, that's kind of missing. Yes, you can give kudos and shout outs and celebrate victories during Microsoft Teams, but that personal, uh, that in-person interaction is just lacking. And that's the most difficult part is, is that we have this culture, the high fives are missing. And so I'm personally struggling with that. Uh, I, I miss it. I'm an extrovert. I like to lead by walking around and lead by example. And that element is missing right now. Um, my biggest concern is getting back to that from a culture standpoint and, and firing all cylinders and, and, and getting that back. And uh, that's my daily struggle. Who are the current leaders in any or all of the sectors, whether it be nonprofit, for-profit, government, that you admire the most? And what about their leadership inspires you? The person that's helped me the most is John Spence. Uh, he's a business consultant. Uh, uh, nonprofits use him, for-profit. I mean, he has a slew of Fortune 100 uh, companies that use him. He's an author, but he has personally helped uh, me. He has personally helped uh, members of my management team, as well as our entire company, our entire enterprise. But John Spence is probably the, the person I reflect on because he breaks it down. He highlights my blind spots. He highlights our organization's blind spots. We're doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we've been extremely successful because of my colleagues' hard work, um, you know, some really good uh, strategic planning, both from my board of directors as well as the management team, but more importantly, the, the execution. But there's still blind spots. And, and originally, and I think I mentioned it earlier, it was communication. He's, Dan, you're not communicating enough. And to have somebody 
that is a guru like that that understands and has seen it in Fortune 100 companies. Uh, he's seen it at credit unions. He's seen it at banks. He's seen it at, uh, at nonprofits. To have someone that has that kind of expertise that gives it to you unfiltered, very direct, uh, you have to put your ego aside and be able to take the, the criticism because it's making you and your, your company better, um, but it's John Spence. Talk about that a little bit with um, criticism. You know, I think it is difficult, particularly the bigger the organization you have uh, and the more potentially, you know, um, attention you get as a leader, you're going to get more criticism regardless. It just kind of comes with a job. Perhaps you can talk about for you, like, how do you deal with criticism? How do you turn it into a positive? How do you manage criticism for your staff? Like, talk about that particular element of leadership. I think that's a challenging one, and I think it also often makes leadership roles, again, particularly the bigger the organization, uh, they become more lonely in their leadership role because of the criticism. So maybe you could talk about how you handle criticism. Early in my career, very poorly. And so the, the maturation process uh, has been a wonderful thing for me. Uh, I read, you know, two or three books a month, uh, mostly on leadership, uh, change management, uh, process management, things along those lines. And, and it, it comes, again, down to communication. And so uh, I, I need, I've got, I surround myself with really good people. And uh, we pride ourselves uh, at NAFCU in hiring for attitude and aptitude. And, and so how you, co- how people communicate with you, you got to listen to your team. So I surround myself with people that are smarter than me. I surround myself with people that give me uh, unfettered uh information and, and feedback and you, you got to take it. And, and so, but on the flip side, I've had to work at uh, how I approach uh, providing feedback, uh, whether, whether it's criticism or looking for improvement with a, a certain team member or something like how I deliver that message and, and how I communicate that message. It matters. So your EQ has to be high. And I work on that on a daily basis because I am an extrovert. Uh, like most executives, I'm, I'm extremely busy. So I have a tendency to be direct, and I don't mean it to be mean or negative or anything like that. It's just I only have so many hours in a day, and I want to get through everything. And so I need to step back, and before I hit that send button in an email or before I have a conversation with somebody, I, I think it through next steps. And, and John Spence has helped me with that. This is a better way to approach your communication because your communication style may not work for everybody, and you have to recognize that. And so I hire from my weakness. I, I have people that identify and help me through my blind spots. Um, but again, uh, like we talked about earlier, it all comes down to communication, how you receive that communication and how you give that communication. I'm excited that Applos is our featured sponsor for the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. More than 40,000 nonprofit organizations already trust Applos to manage finances, people, and giving efforts. It's time to empower your nonprofit with better accounting, stewardship, and financial reporting. Go to nonprofit.applos.com to see how it works and get your free trial. Hey everybody, Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you'll find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, and even from different countries, all trying to make their world better. 
I also want to make sure you knew about how to get some more great content. When you go to our website, just look at the top right section of the homepage under the words subscribe. You can simply type in your email address and then you will be added to our monthly email update. In addition to getting great access to some superb content, you will get the latest podcast shows right to your inbox. Now, this way you'll never miss any of the interviews or content on this show. If you have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to email us. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Now we're gonna talk a bit about your credit union, the fact that credit unions as a, as a whole are technically nonprofit financial institutions. And as I said on my outset, I think that's gonna surprise a lot of people that are listening. I don't think most people equate credit unions with nonprofits, but again, this is a nonprofit uh, podcast, and the, so you know what it means to lead a nonprofit and the challenges that come with it. Now, but first, just for education-wise, uh, talk about the difference between a bank and a credit union, and what makes a credit union a nonprofit? Um, so go ahead and just explain that. I think that'll be very enlightening for most of my listeners. Sure. So Matthew is a trade association. We represent credit unions from all over the country. Uh, we have members in Puerto Rico and, and Guam, and we represent them in Washington, D.C., with the White House and Congress and all the prudential regulators and stuff. But our membership is made up by credit unions, which are not-for-profit financial institutions. So the difference between a, a, a bank uh, and a credit union is the membership, the, the actual members of the credit union, own the institution. It's a cooperative. And, and so the, everything's done through what's in the best interest of that member. Banks, on the other hand, typically look at uh, profit. They, they look at taking care of their shareholders. The four public uh, banks have a tendency to be very concerned about their quarterly numbers because they have some 24-year-old analysts on Wall Street uh, following their stock and stuff. Uh, we care about our members. They tend to do things through the filter of uh, profit and the, the bottom line. Not to say that uh, credit unions don't look at their bottom line because they do, but they don't get in trouble. That's the reason you see banks, the, the business model that credit unions have, since they're not profit-driven, they're people-driven, they, they don't get in trouble. You don't see uh, the, the fraud uh, that you see at big banks happen at credit unions because of that business model. Is there any uniqueness when you think about the fact that you do lead a credit union, which is a nonprofit? Are there any things that you feel like are unique to the nonprofit sector when it comes to your leadership? Or do you feel like leadership in general, it doesn't matter what sector you're in, uh, leadership is leadership and, and the principles apply equally? I think the principles uh, apply equally. I, I, the difference between you and I owning a, let's say, a subway, a subway sandwich shop and us, uh, a credit union being a not-for-profit financial institution, uh, it's a tax ID number. But I think from a leadership standpoint, I, I think it, it's still the same. I, I, I don't care if you're for-profit, non-profit, not-for-profit, whatever you're tax ID is, I don't think it really matters. I think from a leadership standpoint, if you care about your culture, you care about your employees, you do it with authenticity, you do it with empathy, with still an eye on the bottom line, because I still have to make a profit in order to keep the lights on and to provide benefits to my folks, but I think the leadership uh, the, the culture, the leadership, it doesn't matter uh, what type of organization it is. 
Well, and I know we've talked a lot about the challenges we face as the nonprofit sector and just leadership in general. I'm curious now with COVID, it's been challenging for a lot of us across the board. Again, whether you're in a business or you run a nonprofit, what gives you hope today that specifically nonprofits can not only survive today's challenges, but actually thrive? Well, it's important that we've all been through this. And, and for me, I, I've, I've been through the savings and loan crisis because I've been in financial services uh, just about my entire career. So I've been through the savings and loan crisis, 9-11, uh, the financial crisis of 08 and 09, and now this pandemic. And if you have, again, a strong culture, you have a strong mission statement, a strong values, you'll be fine. Yes, there'll be hiccups, there'll be challenges, uh, but a difficult decision will have to be made in, in many instances. But there's always the opportunity to be successful. Make those decisions, have good plans, make darn sure you execute, and uh, the organizations will be fine. But the, you have to communicate that. You have to communicate the, the, the vision and the mission and, and the values of your organization or your company or your nonprofit and things will end up working uh, out in the long run. There'll be some short-term pain. We're already seeing it through different sectors of our economy across the country. But I, I, I'm, I'm a glass half full kind of guy, and I always believe, I, I, I always bet on the human spirit. Uh, I, I, be, I believe in our country. I, I always bet uh, on America, and I think that we always have find a way uh, to get through this, and, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. Do you feel like what we're facing right now is more difficult? Is it going to be a longer recovery, or is it going to be very similar? How do you compare the two? Uh, I think this has, because of the noise that's out there, and it's justified, the, the social injustice that's mixed in with this terrible pandemic is, is a very difficult environment that everybody is operating in. And, and so we've got to continue to uh, address diversity, equity, and inclusion. We have to continue to have a robust business plan and strategic plan. There's more things to have to look at where in the past you may have done portions of it at different times throughout the year. All this has been dumped on us all at once. And so there's challenges with it, but I, I think we still get through it. And as long as you're focused, you take care of your people because uh, you can't operate without your people. And your people are your most valuable asset. And so in, in terms of how we proceed, I, I think it, it'll all shake out at the end. Well, Dan, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate your optimism again. It's obvious you've got a lot of leadership experience. Uh, for my listeners, how can people find out more about you, your leadership insights? Where would you send them? Uh, I'm LinkedIn is the best uh, for me from a social media standpoint. It's B. Dan Berger. LinkedIn's always good. Um, also, my marketing and communications team ha have me on Twitter. Uh, that's also B. Dan Berger. So both of those would be excellent to, to follow me. And then, of course, our, our NAFQ website, which uh, has our blog, our, our leadership blog is on there, and that's nafq.org, N-A-F-C-U.org. Okay. Well, great. Dan, thank you again. Thanks for sharing your insights. Thanks for the leadership you're showing, and uh, appreciate you taking time to be on the show today. Dr. Harder, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. What's unique about Apples is that they are dedicated not only to providing you with the best tools, but also to offering free training from their in-house experts and CPAs. Right now, you can get access to a solid webinar on five essential financial reports for nonprofit leaders. To get access, go to nonprofit.applos.com. 
Hey friends, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on both iTunes and Spotify. If you're wondering how to find it, just type in the words Nonprofit Leadership Podcast and this podcast should show up. We also encourage you when you go on iTunes, let us know what you think. Give us a review. Give us a rating. We would love to hear what you think of this podcast and your feedback will help expand this podcast to get it out to as many people as possible. You can also find other resources and interviews of past guests on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Again, that website is nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.